Welcome to Sports Arena and our best of the decade wrestling show. A whole decade of wrestling action summed up in one little show. You've got myself, Paul, and I'm joined, as always, by Jay. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing good. Um, ten years is a lot of stuff to try and remember. Well, if you think so, on our I've... other show, ECW, ECW was around for what, like, well, six six years. Yeah, no, I guess it was even less than that. Well, it started yeah. 94, ends in 2000. So six years. And it's taken us ages to get through that. And we're some of a whole decade of wrestling. Yeah, I mean, so it turns out my memory is not very good. So basically, uh, all of my picks are from the last month and a half. <laughs> Come on, Seth. <laughs> oh, shit, I forgot about Seth. <laughs> Clean sweep. <laughs> AEW <laughs> steamed in for a massive best promotion. What was the last one? AEW. <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah. How you doing? You good? I'm good. I'm good. It's um, a nice change to do this while talking to someone. Two voices rather than me just trying to pretend to be two people. Because that doesn't work. It's joy. It's nice, nice to sit back and just listen to the ECW podcasts and not just hear me and go, oh, so it's nice. It's refreshing just to be a fan for a while. Um, we've got speaking of fans. It was, it was um, nice to uh, have the surprise of your watch along of the nasty boys versus public enemy drop. Wasn't expecting that. It was, uh, uh, I enjoyed it, even though by the sound of things, you didn't enjoy the match. It was shocking. Like I said, an absolute <laughs> clusterfuck is unbelievably bad. If that didn't was inspire in, me, if that was in the last watch decade, it. It wouldn't have been on anything here. Oh, good segue. Good segue. I'm just saying. Um, so we have one, two, three, four, five, eight. Eight. Yep. Oh, look at you ahead of the game. Eight categories we're working through. We're going to start off with a best male wrestler of the decade. We've got um, Griff's ones here as well. We might flick through from time to time. Okay. If you want to do his, should we do his first? I believe his yeah. male wrestler of the decade was um, Johnny Gargano. Not a bad pick. Um, has well, had a, a, a rise throughout the year. Exactly. And obviously, you know, Chris State, the big NXT fan. So it sort of makes sense. It's much like it's been NXT. It's a very NXT driven list, to be honest with you. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, Gargano, got a problem with that. Again, he came in um, unsigned, just as, I don't want to say enhancement talent, but just sort of like a filler talent, made his way onto the roster, became part of the roster and ended up being a massive part of the roster, Mr. Takeover. So, Yeah, I mean, started his decade in kind of Shikara and Dragon Gate, the USA, um, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla between 2013 and 2015, uh, NXT in... 2015 with the DIY uh, team uh, running up to about 2017. Then most of 2018 was spent with his uh, Tommaso Ciampa storyline, some absolutely incredible matches. Um, uh, and then obviously, you know, finished the decade winning the championship in 2019. Um, so, you know, a, a strong, a strong year oh. for, for Gargano. Sweet Lord, you want his Wikipedia or just got a hell of a memory? Yes. I was just... <laughs> Spoilers, but yes. I was going to say, that's tremendous. I, 
I may have my picks loaded up on Wikipedia so that I can talk about them knowledgeably um, uh, and sound like I know what I'm talking about, even though everyone has now just realised that I'm just reading off Wikipedia. So, yes. Well done, Grinch, for stealing Christmas from everyone like that. <laughs> I was just super impressed. You just turned out this whole man's career. Yeah, like... and fucking called me on it. No, oh, just... you sound like someone that's reading straight off of a web page. Cheers. <laughs> I just... I just thought, unless he's your wrestler of the decade, you've got extreme knowledge about this guy. <laughs> I was just like, no, but would you like to know who my wrestler of the decade is? I would. Um, so it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm going to predict that you and I match on only two out of eight. Uh, I think that there's going to be some that we match on, but I think we're only going to match on two out of eight. Ooh. And I wanted that in before we go into any of our picks so that it's recorded and there we are. What about you? Do you have a, a number of picks you think we're going to match on? Um, I think match will be different. I think pop. Uh, I think promotion is going to be interesting. I think that could be unanimous. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think, yeah. I think, I think maybe... tag we might be unanimous on as well. We'll see. Um, Bearing in mind, obviously, that you and I don't actually know. We've, we've both seen Griff's list, but we've, you and I don't know each other's. Um, so my wrestler of the year uh, started uh, 2010 by being the first TNA wrestler to be marked as number one on the PWI top 500. Mm. Um, went on to hold the, the uh, TNA and Impact Championship. Um before leaving the promotion, doing a spell in ROH, moving on to New Japan Pro Wrestling, where he uh, held uh, the IWGP Championship, as well as um, leading the Bullet Club through some of the hottest years of the Bullet Club. Hey, Bullet uh, Club does leader. Uh, well, now they are, yeah. They're all hey, none equally, of them have ever been leader. It'd, it'd pull you they're, from that. They're, They are now all equally mid-card. Um then, um, I'm sorry, Tamatonga, please don't kill me. Um, then moved on to WWE with a huge debut at the Royal Rumble in 2016. Um, won his first WWE Championship in 2016 after an amazing feud with John Cena. Uh, has continued to win championships all the way through and just keeps getting better no matter how old he gets. Uh, I went for AJ Styles. I think that's an outstanding choice. My choice... Started off the decade as the first TNA wrestler to be. <laughs> no, I, 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 I couldn't remember, but my, yeah, I picked AJ Styles. Oh, wow. Okay, um, that one, I wasn't expecting us to pick. When I was going through lists of people, obviously, you know, it's no secret, I'm a massive Bullet Club fan um, until the end. But everything that he did, him, his run was the best run of the Bullet Club, no matter what people think. Uh, they were savage or amazing. Yeah. I said the end of TNA, it was a good story, but he, they just, I didn't realize his contract was actually up. So that kind of blew things away. Uh, obviously, the Royal Rumble was crazy. Um, dipping back to ROH just for the sake of it. The War of the Worlds when he was in New Japan, going back there with the Bullet Club, crazy. Yep. Um, Jericho matches, Shane McMahon, Cena, Matt, putting out classics with Cena, which yep. people what's questionable everything is done obviously back with the um the oc now so yeah aj styles absolutely amazing. i mean i 
I I was trying to so I've I've got honourable mentions as I have for for many of my categories. So two of the names that jumped out at me were CM Punk and Kevin Steen slash Owens. Um, yeah. Steen slash Owens, um, Kevin Owens to to not confuse the matters beyond, but you know his stuff with ROH at the beginning of the decade, um, his stuff with PWG uh, throughout. Moving on to NXT, just the fire he lit in NXT. Um, you know, the, the 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 walking out to answer Cena's challenge and walk straight into a feud with Cena. Um, Universal Championship reign. He's just done some amazing stuff throughout. Um, CM Punk, shorter, but, you know, on, on just, you know, the 434-day title reign. Um, just so much the feud with the rock the feud with Cena the feud with the feud the feud with Heyman the feud with Lesnar the feud with the Undertaker all of these things um, just an amazing run an amazing amount of time but actually when I was looking at it to have such an impact to be such a if you pardon the pun to be such a pivotal role and to be involved in some of the big storylines and the biggest title pictures and the biggest matches in a number of promotions across the, the world, um, you know, New Japan will figure quite heavily in my list at points. WWE will figure quite heavily in my list at points. TNA a little less so, but he's been there for all of them. Um, and, you know, top of the card or very close to top of the card in all of them and just keeps getting better. Uh, he's the, if you listen to the uh, Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pitch, Pritchard podcast you will know he is one of the go-tos when they are talking about the the 80s and 90s and randy savage you know being asked to come out of the ring because he's the the vision is that he's too old and you know the the wwe making taking the mickey out of um wcw for all the geriatrics that they're taking on um and you know when they're recruiting macho and hogan and and uh piper etc and he's actually older now than than they were at the time, um, and just keeps getting better. So, um, yeah, he was the one who, uh, who who stood out for me. Did you have any honourable mentions? Um, my main or people who were in your yeah, my main honourable mention. I couldn't push it all the way through, but um, Cody Rhodes. Yeah, uh, a man that took a chance on himself. Uh, basically, when he left WWE, he was. Obviously, an untapped talent, but he put on Twitter a list of everything he wanted to do. Proceeded to work through Battle of Los Angeles, TNA, ROH, New Japan. He joined Bullet Club in one of the greatest sort of reveals when he just was there smoking a cigar with a chair. Um, won the NWA world title. Filled out an arena with the Young Bucks based on a bet with Dave Meltzer. Ended up forming yep. his own promotion because of it. He's he's done all right, but a lot of that I view as outside, as in in ring and character. I can't fault AJ Styles, but as a complete thing, I think Cody Rhodes had a pretty decent ten years. I I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, winning um, NWA Championship as well in the ROH Championship. Um, yeah, I mean, the NWA I picked out particularly because of the, the, the legacy that has with his family and 
you know, things like, but yeah, I mean, all of it, just um, a, a strong and, you know, good stuff with um, Adam Cole, good stuff with Jericho, good stuff with um, uh, pretty much everyone he's, he's yeah, faced. The, the mega, um, all the bits. I, I, I don't know if he's... That's what I'm saying. There's been some good Pete, stories, I guess. But I it was, yeah. overall, as a as a wrestler, AJ Styles is thing. But as an yeah. overall, ten years, Cody's been really impressive. What he's done, he basically had a list, went round to promotions, and did everything he wanted to do. But when he was in Impact, he didn't really do a lot for Impact. It was just cool that he went to Impact. If that makes sense. Yes, he didn't yeah. win Battle of Los Angeles. He was just in Battle of Los Angeles when AJ Styles won the TNA World Title. He won the W World Title. He won the IWP, IWGB World Title. Do you know what I mean? So it's that that sort of was the small differences for me. So it's yeah, a di- different really level agree. of success. One's purely wrestling based. One's wrestling slash outside. But yeah, female wrestler. Um, Griff went for Oscar. And was anybody ready for Oscar in in the the decade? Um, It's a good pick. Um, I found this one quite hard because um, it was the tale of two halves for me for the decade. Yeah. The first half was quite slim pickings when I was trying to get inspiration by looking at things like um, the PWI and the Wrestling Observer Wrestlers of the Year. uh, AJ Lee got a lot of love early on in the decade. Paige a little bit. Um, and then obviously, you know, the, the women's revolution, however you feel about the branding of that and whatever else, kind of really came to life over the last little while in the last few years. So it, it feels a little bit imbalanced on some of this for me. So where I can talk about AJ and everything he's done from throughout the entire decade. Um, and the same with a lot of my picks. This one feels a little bit more based upon the flurry, the flourish and the flurry at the end of the decade rather than across. And Asker, I think, is quite a good example of that in the sense of um, I have no doubt that she was doing very good matches in uh, 2010 and early, but actually it's her later years yeah that have really kind of brought it to that level exactly which is probably no surprise when i went for someone who failed at tough enough but came into their own so mandy rose <laughs> no um, i went for i went for the i went for the man becky lynch um so i i i had a couple of names that i was going to put in just because I really like them rather than because of, of anything particular they've done. I was going to struggle to justify why Peyton Royce was the, the woman of the, the decade um, other than I want her to be. Um, but um, Becky Lynch is an interesting choice. Uh, yeah. Expand on Becky Lynch. Uh, basically Becky Lynch. So obviously early NXT thing, but you, you, it's more based in, a year and a half, what she's done. And I think it's a very small portion, but it warrants the whole thing because she created this gimmick. She became a megastar from it. She was the hottest thing in WWE 
she did become the first female to headline WrestleMania purely because of the man gimmick. Would yep. would Ronda Charlotte have headlined? Maybe, but it wouldn't have been the same. Survivor Series for me was her peak, but the Nia injury maybe took it to another atmosphere and all that. But yeah, just the, the man gimmick and headline WrestleMania and the t-shirt sales and just how popular and you know, some decent matches along the way. You, you just couldn't really fault everything that Becky Lynch has done. She's, um, uh, yeah, a really uh, strong pick. Um, and for everything you've just said, and, and again, you know, as I was saying, the uh, that flurry at the end, um, she's, she's stratospheric. She's, she's a step above um, pretty much everyone else now. I think she's, she's very clearly... One uh, A on on the women's list. Um, uh, I went a slightly different way, um, and I went for someone who I think um, uh, has been a dance partner of, of Becky Lynch for quite some time, tag team partner of Becky Lynch for some points as well, um, and has been kind of the person they positioned to be 1A and it's not quite caught with such a natural drive as Ronda Rousey but she's been involved throughout the women's revolution and that was Charlotte Flair um, yeah, I can you see know, that. kind of burst into the scene on 2012 um, NXT Women's Championship in 2014 and 2015 was was very much positioned to be one of the faces of the women's revolution when that came across in 2015 um, has uh, been uh, a record breaking champion. Uh, is it 10 times that she's now won the championship? Um, it sounds stupid. Oh, yeah, she's well on her way. And, uh, you know, she has um, quite naturally taken to wrestling Um uh, you know, partly because of her her heritage, obviously, um, but also partly because of her um, uh, very athletic nature. Um, has had, you know, really kind of was the one that was helping put NXT women on the map, which is what forced through. Her stuff with uh, Sasha Banks was um, fantastic. Um, has been a really good heel when they needed the heel for um, people to kind of work against and work up. Um, and as you said, was part of that uh, first ever uh, three women headline match um, and was put in there because, you know, they, they wanted someone that Becky could work with. And there were some doubts over whether Ronda could carry that kind of pressure on her own in a wrestling capacity. And probably um, she deserved it as well, I guess. Uh, to a degree, to a degree, I, I don't think she deserved it as much as Becky. I think Becky's uh, Becky's the stone cold, whereas Charlotte Flair's a little bit more um, uh, the Cena, yeah. In the sense that that Cena, Becky has been organically the one that everyone kind of got behind and forced into this 
limelight. Cena's the one they had handpicked and have built. Cena, Roman Reigns, that kind of thing of, you know, actually we're going to make you the the lead and this is how we're going to put the machine behind you. Um, so I, I think that's kind of my comparison for it. But um, yeah, Charlotte Flair. Solid pick. Um, tag team, no surprise here at all. Griff went for the Undisputed Era. A strong team. Um, have been really dominant over the last year um my only nitpick with it is that they were formed in 2017 uh august 2017 um so you know but then again it depends on what you're looking at because if you're then going to build in uh red dragon and what fish and o'reilly were doing before that then you know they were on a tear in in roh in new japan uh, and across the country, across the world since 2012. So, um, undisputed era as undisputed era, I might be a little bit prickly about. But, but Fisher O'Reilly is a team. Yeah, and yeah. Adam Cole, and you know the the members separately. You can make an argument for all of them having very strong decades. So. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I went for. The team that formed in 2014, they were given a, a fresh new gimmick, which basically was dead and the crowd absolutely hated. But somehow they persisted and kept going and going and going and managed to turn it round. They ended up becoming five-time champions, beating Demolition. Shows record. you the power of positivity. <laughs> Beats, uh, beating Demolition's record by four days, so reigning for 482 days as the champions. And, um, yeah, New Day. I think that's a really good pick. They've, I mean, uh, they've had such an incredible run, really. Um, uh, as you said, you know, the, the gimmick, I, I remember us talking about those vignettes as they started with... Um, uh, them coming out and doing kind of the, the, the preacher gospel kind of what's it. Um, and a little bit nervous as to where it was going and what was happening with it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's taken on a life. It's, and, you know, it's funny because we, we've been, we've both been fans of um, uh, Xavier Wood, Austin Creed from uh, his days in, um, TNA. Uh, uh, TNA. Or impact, um, yeah. When he was when he was macking on Devon's wife and family. Um so you know, we, we knew all three of them were were good. Um but yeah, that that point of uh you know, the, there's there's a certain amount of um new age outlaws with them in the sense of they were good separately, but when you put them together, my god, they became something so much bigger um and have transcended um you know kofi kingston doesn't become champion if it isn't for new day well yeah realistically you know biggie was sort of just plodding along with ziggler and aj lee mm-hmm. and like i said kofi was always just the solid work in the middle and xavier yep. woods was was he with um 
R-Truth or Funkadactyls or whatever he was doing? I think he was with the Funkadactyls. I think uh, Kofi would have been with R-Truth just before. In a solid enough middle-of-the-road tag team. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, all of them just have managed to lift themselves. Yeah, what's your pick? Um, I went for a tag team that formed in 1989, um, in, on July the 28th, 1989, to be exact. Uh, for that is the day where Nicholas Massey was born and therefore joined his brother Matthew um, to what would become uh, the Young Bucks. Um, Do you know what? They were so close to being my tag team. Yeah, and I think I, this is one of the ones I expected us to, to match on, to be honest. Yeah, I was, um, I was really mixed because, <clears throat> again, ignoring all the Bullet Club stuff, everything they've done in New Japan, ROH, PWG, um, even to the point where they made their own tag team belts because people just expect them to have belts all the time. Yeah. Yeah, they were. I, I, uh, I think um, it's fairly obvious with my, my picks for all three that I'm kind of looking at these, these well-decorated, well-traveled people with the exception of maybe Charlotte Flair for all the reasons that I went into. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've, they've been everywhere. They've done everything. They were uh, one of the big reasons why PWG got so hot. Um, you know, their, their Mount Rushmore of wrestling in PWG was, was a thing of beauty. Um, uh, their ROH stuff's been amazing. Their Dragon Gate stuff was incredible. Uh, their New Japan run has been exemplary. Um, I'm not sure on time scales, but I, want, I think similar beginning of the decade. Were they not just getting wasted in TNA's generation me? Were they wouldn't even pay for them yeah. to go to shows? Yeah, so that would have been 2009 to 2011. Yep, Generation Me. They wouldn't even fly onto shows, said nothing for them. Yeah, and uh, just incredible to watch them grow. And, you know, again, an, another male wrestler I, I, I thought about for um, number one was Okada. And around the same time, he was, you know, a faceless, masked Kato ripoff in TNA. So it's amazing how some of the, the these these people have had like misses on stuff um but no just just through in through and through um i think the stuff you know limit, very similar to what you were saying about cody that they've done outside of the ring as well like um the being the elite uh youtube channel uh superkick party um uh mobile game um merch you games. know one of one of the main reasons why Bullet Club became uh, a T-shirt available in Hot Topic, yeah. um, just just through and through and through, have managed to continue to be champions everywhere um, in a style that everyone says they can't maintain. But you know, people have been saying that to uh, them from the very beginning, and uh, you know, they've they've been busting their ass every single time. Um, so just just a litany of, of championships wherever they've been um, just an absolute workhorse of a team. Um, you and I have both had the pleasure of seeing them live a few times. And um, at this point, you, you just get swept up in young what Bucks, they do. Young Bucks Briscoes from York Hall, which is easily my favorite tag team match I've ever seen live. Mm. 
yeah uh, easily was, yeah and uh, some incredible. great storytelling through that and and you know the one-upmanship and and various other things so um i i, I went for the young bucks i did have a couple of honorable mentions um so i i i'd kind of put in um a similar team to the young bucks um they're off and on off and on across the the decade but uh the hardys the fact that the hardys um still going still going and you know i know we're going to talk about you know biggest pop in a minute and them coming out of wrestlemania would have been high up on the list um so hardys were in there and the other team that i really thought about including but for me again just the fact that they've done it everywhere kind of made the bucks tip uh over in the win was um the shield um you know three people that went on to be world champions uh shortly after debuting um moxley still you know all three of them are still some of the biggest names in wrestling uh although they're now expanded out beyond just wwe um and all of that's happened in the last decade, so it's crazy. Which takes us to pop of the decade. Uh, Griff went for Sting, so when he debuted the Survivor Series, yeah, it was a, it was a, a I mean, uh, as a as a fan who'd wanted Sting to debut for the longest time, um, it was really. It was a huge moment, but also bittersweet because I just wish he'd got there sooner. Um, there's an amazing video on um, YouTube, if you search What a Manoeuvre on YouTube, um, of uh, a, a fan video of, of how uh, it could have been uh, with them kind of putting and debuted. And uh, I think it's over a million views now and it's well worth a watch. Um, so I, I, I really agree with it and I, I, I like that. Um, but personally for me, it was tinged with a little bit of sadness in the sense of, you know, what if, what if we'd got him instead of, you know, his, his third TNA contract kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, just a year earlier would have been perfect. (laughs) It just, that little bit just made the difference, but, um, I'm so torn with this one. I've narrowed it down to like two. So I'm going to throw them both out there. Go for it. Uh, one of them was the Hardys just because the return at WrestleMania was ridiculous. But I think... Yeah, I mean, it was so well hidden because they'd done ROH the night before. Yeah. They'd involved in a huge ladder match the night before. Um, you know, there was no whispers. There was no, no, no nothing. Um, and then for, you know, the New Day out there doing the comparing, they teased that they were going to be the team to join. And then... The, the Hardy's music hit um, and and the crowd did become unglued for them. Um, it was it was definitely a huge up. And pretty much the end of um, Enzo and Kaz, really, because they're probably going to win the belts that night. <laughs> that, that would have been their moment because they, they yeah. were so hot then that it would have made sense to, to get the pop for them to do it. So it kind of yes, works out for some. But I think... I have to go with a moment that I probably went back and watched 62 billion times, and that is going to be um, Ziggler cashing in the money in the bank. Yeah. 
I've never heard anything like it. It, it gave me goosebumps. You could see Big E sort of, and AJ Lee sort of breathing, taking it all in. You could see Ziggler not expecting what was happening. It was just absolutely insane. And I think I've watched that cash-in. I can't even say how many times just for that pop. Um, it was, it was, it was, uh, you know, one of those moments that shows uh, the power of the money in the bank briefcase. Um, and that it's created some real, um, memorable moments. And it's interesting that they seem to be fewer and further between now. Mm. Um, uh, it doesn't have the same impact as as it had previously uh and as much as i enjoy you know brock with um turning it into a, a boom box and, and dancing with it it, it just yeah it's, it's not had that same kind of <coughs> um and i i think with with ziggler there was two things there was the there was the fact that i think everyone uh felt that he really deserved that that opportunity and that shot and that chance to be as good as we all thought he he, he is and could be um but because he'd been a heel with it, he'd done the the, the tease and the cashing and the tease and the cashing and the tease and the cashing. So it became such a, 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 a weird kind of, you know, will he, will he, will he? Um, that it really did kind of finally pay off, uh, which I thought was uh, a nice big moment. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, like you, I, I, I narrowed it down to two. Um and I'll be totally honest, this is my list, this is my best of the decade, and I think my heart has won uh, my pick on this. So my honourable mention is Daniel Bryan winning at WrestleMania 30. Um, beat Triple H earlier in the evening. Um, uh, uh, to Batista. try and... Uh, get into the match then beat Batista and Randy Rhodes Randy Orton yeah sorry yes um, Cody would have loved to have made a bit of WrestleMania so would CM Punk Um, uh, (laughs) uh, I think they both still have a chance Um, but yeah to to beat Blue Batista and and Randy Orton to finally win again we talk about um, uh, people who um is this your pick? Naturally grow. No, this is my honourable mention. Oh. Um, okay, so my pick, though, um, and again, this is heart, I think, overhead. Um, Money in the Bank, July 17th, 2011. Um, in his last night in the company, CM Punk defeats John Cena in oh. Chicago uh, to declare himself the best in the world. Oh, wow. I, I didn't realise that was this decade. Only just. I mean, you know, July 20, 2011. I thought but, you, um, when you were leading with your heart, I thought you were going to say uh, Kevin Owens return to NXT at War Games. <laughs> going in my hole, I only remember what's happened in the last month. Um, <laughs> That's a tremendous pop, though. That was it was incredible. an amazing pop, and it, it was one I had to give consideration to. I did. I just, for some reason, I felt like I dismissed it because it was too new. But it was it was incredible. But no, a punk money in the bank. Wow. Maybe the, the, they left it. They did everything right. Cena was yeah. in the ring. Oh no, um, I'm not sure if Punk came out first. But anyway, it was, it was quiet. 
they'd played nothing. They'd let the crowd organically start the CM Punk, CM Punk chants, which they still love <laughs> to this day. <laughs> WWE's favourite chant. And, um, yeah, wow, great shout. Uh, and then, I mean, you know, they got they got twice the money's worth because you then had Alberto Del Rio run down with the briefcase and you thought that they were going to screw him out of it and uh, he had the kick to the head and escaped. Um, so, you know, you got that again. Um, and I know, you know, how much of that was replicated to the summer of punk stuff that he did in um, ROH, but I loved it. I loved it. It was, it was, you know, it was such a culmination. Um, it was such a big moment for punk to beat John Cena. Yeah. Um, and, and in Chicago and they were just crazy for it. And, uh, yeah, quite right. No, amazing shout. And it takes two match of the decade. Griff, went to NXT. He went to Gargano versus Jump, the last man standing match from TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Uh, great shout again. Yep. Great shout. I also went to NXT. Ooh. I know. I was, I was very much eyeing up a lot of New Japan stuff and I won't mention certain ones in case you've picked them, but there were obviously some tremendous six-star matches out there. Uh, I can tell you that I haven't picked a takeover match, so... Oh. But I went for Shinsuke Nakamura's debut NXT TakeOver Dallas against Sami Zayn. That, very, very good match. That match absolutely blew my mind with just the entrance, the debut, the crowd, the match was just... Everything about it was just... He came across like a megastar... Sami Zayn pulled out a blinder as well. I absolutely mm. love that match. There's a lot of honourable mentions, like the North American um, ladder match. I loved that. But as a one-on-one match, I went for that one. So, so yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, just an absolutely outstanding match. And it's, it's an interesting one because it's not um, one of the ones that jumps out at you. Um, because of the fact that it wasn't, you know, championship and blah blah blah. Um, and there's been so many huge takeover matches, as you said, um, not just on that card but on others. Um, ridiculous match. Just you know, I've, again, I, I I think I watched that one five or six times within the, about 24 hours. That's what I'm saying. It was just, it was just you write it off, but you just kind of forget just how near perfect that match was did you go to New Japan um, for your match so I have two did you go to um, I did go to Wrestle Kingdom <laughs> I did go to Wrestle Kingdom uh, but I'm going to go for I'm going to go I'm going to I'm going to give me my honourable mention first and again for some reason this match really just connected with me I loved it I remember talking to you about it and uh, making you sit there and watch it um and uh, there's there's a slight link because uh, Sami Zayn is good, close, personal friends with um, El Generico, yeah. um, who who has been uh, working in orphanages in uh, Mexico um, since around 2015, um, uh, which is roughly when Sami Zayn appeared on 
NXT, strangely. Um, but I went for my honorable mention is uh, El Generico versus Kevin Steen in uh, the fight without honor ladder match. Final um, battle, Final battle 2010. Oh, just um, nipped in there. Just nipped in there, yeah. So it was um, December 2010. Oh, wow. Um, uh, so it's in, by, it's in by, you know, 12 months. Yeah, it's, it's, in, um, it's in. But uh, began a year's worth of storyline where Kevin Steen was sacked from ROH and couldn't compete. Um, the final battle match between Steen and Carino in 2011 um, was close as well. Um, match. Was this the one but, where it had the two ladders and then another ladder sort of propped in the middle and he sort yeah. of packaged pile driver through it? And, yeah. Yeah, crazy match. Again, so, I, mean, I the, thought the, that was before. Crazy. I, I, I did the research. I, 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 was, I was trying to think of matches that have stayed with me and then where did they fall in the year? Uh, where did they fall in the decade? And this one did stay with me. Um, and, and out of the two, this one was my preference out of the two final battle matches. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was just such an emotional match throughout, you know, there was so much of their history that got pulled back into it. Um, uh, just absolutely an incredible match through and through. And if you haven't checked it out, Final Battle 2010, El Generico versus Kevin Steen. Um, uh, Generico's mask versus Steen's ROH career. Um, incredible. Also, you know, whilst you're on it, go and check out the 2011 match between um, Carino and Steen. Uh, Carino oh, taking off his, his beanie to reveal that he'd he was back to bleach blonde hair. Yeah, and, if you'd picked you know, a green back match, I would have popped massively for that. I would have <laughs> yeah, you didn't. So, you know. Um, Do you know. If it was promo of the year, I would have been tempted to do um, Cody's promo to Carino in ROH in Carino's last match, where he yeah. basically cut the same promo that Carino cut to Dusty. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, event of the year. So, no, so that was my honourable mention. My match, um, I went for a match that just took my breath away. Um, I went for Okada versus Omega from Wrestle Kingdom 11, 4th of January 2017. Um, This is the one that ended in a time limit draw. Yeah. Um, The story of the match is very much that Omega just can't quite beat Okada. Um, doesn't hit a one-winged angel throughout the entire match. And because he can't hit that final move, can't get the pin that puts Okada down. I mean, Okada has just been insane throughout the decade. Omega's been amazing. And they just really ripped it up for me in this match. It just was. It, it's a long match, but it leaves you just breathless throughout. Yeah, I must admit that that's, if you can see my notes, that's written underneath that Zane Nakamura. Mm. It, was, it was literally, that was my honourable mention. Omega Okada won. It was still the one that I nearly, but didn't. And it's funny because I know Omega Okada 2 gets more love. Um, but for me, number one was better. Um, Albeit less of a finish. Event of the year. 
of the decade even. Griff went for WrestleMania 30. Obviously, Daniel Bryan, the Yes movement, the combination of the story makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one that I I had listed as as a possibility. Uh, I found this one really hard, actually. Um, Money, Money in the Bank 2011, yeah. um, as I talked about, was up there. Um, uh, WrestleMania 30 was up there. Um, but I felt that um, I, I, I felt the need to go a little bit to New Japan. And even now I'm sitting here with three of them up trying to work out whether it's WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom um, 9, 10 or 12. Um, and I think um, I'm going to go... Uh, think i'm gonna go 10 well funny you should say that i went for wrestle kingdom 10 as my event did you yep oh young bucks versus red dragon versus sidell ricochet rapongi vice uh chaos including the briscoes versus the bullet club jay lethal versus my elgin kashida kenny omega gbh versus doc gallows and anderson um nakamura versus aj styles Okada versus Tenahashi. Come on. Yeah, I mean, it was it was Nakamura and AJ Styles and Okada and Tanahashi that I think pushed it over for me. Yeah, but the, um, the four-way tag match was amazing. Obviously, the Briscoes get yeah. involved in the Bullet Club. I'm all about that. Kushida versus Kenny Omega. Obviously, he lost it because the next night he declared himself the heavyweight and replacing AJ Styles. Yeah. Um, yeah, wild. Wild, wild, wild card. I mean, the, the, there's just so many. I mean, the other one that I, I, the other card that I looked at, which I considered and didn't mention in case you were going to pick, was um, Takeover New Orleans. That was um, good. But I think this is the first Wrestle Kingdom where I watched from start to finish. I've watched matches before, but I think this is the first one where I completely watched the whole thing and just loved every second of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I watched. Um... Ten, I uh, nine, I remember. I think may have been the first one I I, I watched the majority of, um, which uh, you know Styles versus Naito, yeah, um, uh, Nakamura versus Ibushi, yeah, uh, Tanahashi Okada, um, but yeah, it, I, for me, it just it, those last couple of matches just you know how you follow a card like that and how you excel after a card like that um and i said it's the fact that there's four of the people on that were basically going to wwe the next day as well that's what's crazy that was nakamura obviously anderson yeah that's all their big sort of swan song before sort of new year's last next day so crazy um promotion of the year uh, promotion of the decade or some year (laughs) <laughs> um, I just went for NXT. Um, I think, yeah, that was my honourable mention. I think from what they were, basically just a game show to becoming an amazing stand, you know, from being a feeder promotion to becoming their own promotion. The growth is second yes. to none. I think Griff went for the same. He did. It's not a shock considering all of his picks, apart from Stinger from NXT. <laughs> so, <laughs> um. No, I I, um, uh, I had an NXT as honourable mention for all the reasons you've just said. You know their growth 
you know, culminating in Survivor Series, uh, War Games and Survivor Series, has been insane. Well, if um, you could have predicted this show that replaced the shitty ECW rebrands with a game show, yep. to suddenly becoming, you know, the, the hottest promotion that's now on its own TV network as a standalone promotion where superstars from the main roster are actually going back there because they miss it. That's that's wild. Yeah, so. yeah, um, and and you know, becoming the super indie that that we all kind of felt was missing. Um, I went a slightly different way. I went closer to home. Um, I went for um, a promotion that, um, as we record this um, on the thirtieth of December is just finishing has just finished its 100th chapter yeah um i went for progress progress wrestling from the uk starting in 2011 um i think it was the launch pad for a lot of the hype around the resurgence of british wrestling um obviously not the only one obviously not the only uh the the only uh leader in this but was um, one of the main ones that got such uh, plaudits and such recognition from across the the world. Um, Really kind of felt um, earlier um, like it was almost the British PWG. Um, Had that really kind of cool factor to it. Um, uh, Has been responsible for some of the biggest wrestling names coming through um is uh very kind of obviously um the a um predecessor to nxt uk um with most of the people who work in progress now working for nxt uk um so uh just its growth over the last 10 years has been or nine years has been incredible. And I think it's been one of the most influential, um, uh, promotions, especially in the UK, uh, over the last decade. I like it. Makes sense. And it's just nice that we're we're talking about it on the, the, the eve of its hundredth chapter. And it's Jim Smallman's last show. Yeah, it's just popped up on one of my newsfeed that um, Havoc returned. He did. Deathmatch with David Starr. Very smart. Very smart. Because they said before, didn't they? Everyone's just like, just keeping everyone signed. You're not going to get any surprises. No, don't be silly. But um, yeah, Progress Love It. We've been to so many of their shows. Obviously, everyone knows our story. We went to Mick Foley's stand-up show. Uh, Smallman was the opening act mentioned he was going to start promotion or he's starting one of his mates called progress wrestling you took note of this next thing we know we're in camden rest is history yeah well aislington we we're in um, oh, the garage it, it yeah. was the garage yeah wow we were we were there at chapter two yeah we missed um, Cobb cabana at chapter one <laughs> we did because um, that was their thing wasn't it there was the art of wrestling live and progress for the first show and and you know they they, they were the quite a strong of wrestling, yeah, and, and quite a strong kind of level of uh, um, what we saw. You know, we've seen Will Osprey 
when he was part of the um, uh, Vipers, the venomous, the venomous Vipers, or something. something. Vipers, one that yeah, it was the Vipers, we'll Velocity Vipers. Vipers. That's it. The Velocity Vipers. Um, yeah, we 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 got to see a lot of you know we we got to see Marty Scale, we got to see Zack Sabre Junior, we've got to see um, and got to see the the Jimmy Havoc title reign, which is probably one of the hottest title reigns in UK history, I'd say. Yeah, um, as well as um, the people who would come across to work with them, like um, uh, Prince Devitt at the time, as he was Samoa Joe. Joe Devitt, yeah. Um, some 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 really big people. Yeah, crazy. So, uh, no, no, good good memories. Um, most most shocking a moment of the decade. Griffin went for Rollins turning on the shield. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I went for one which I feel has to be a standout, and that is the streak ending. Yep, I, I can't see anything being more shocking than that. It, I mean, it was a. I I remember watching that with you. Um, was that with Griff as well? Or it might have been. Yeah, I think. Miles, yeah, I think. Maybe Griff. Yeah, maybe Darren as well. A few of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I remember that watching that with you. I remember um, us kind of all being a little bit dozy because you know if you're watching a pay-per-view live from america in the uk it's about half past three in the morning that the match was on um uh and then suddenly taker didn't kick out and we automatically launched into conspiracy theorist mode and you know was that an accident and and is there an injury and um, you know, wrestling journalism mode of like, you know, maybe he was concussed and couldn't kick out in time or or maybe it was a shoot and Brock went into business for himself and um, and it turned out they'd just chosen to, to end the streak. Um, yeah. I remember reading the stories of the man on Twitter who'd bet um, like £10,000 because... It's the Undertaker at WrestleMania. I can't believe you're giving me any odds at all that Brock Lesnar will win, um, and lost a lot of money. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. I remember Brock was like nine to one going into that match because I think I had like had lost every other bet and I had about two pounds left, and I was just going to randomly bet on him. But I thought, what's the point? <laughs> So I, was doing, I was doing a couple of little ackies throughout the night and I think um, yeah I remember it was something stupid but they always are so yes. anyone would thrown money on him yeah but who would because it's the Undertaker everyone loses to the Undertaker exactly um, to the point where like there was no music people thought it was a mistake people to this day still like question if it was meant to happen even the fact the graphic was there or was the yep. graphic made just in case yeah, oh, there's loads of like it's. it's I love that just in case theory. I, I love the, you know, the the graphic was there just in case. Just in case what? This is, this is a a, a scripted spoilers people. Um, yeah, sport, well, just in case you know, the, the outcomes predetermined. That's it. But in case like you know they reckon obviously concussion and stuff like that. They reckon just in case it got injured and had to stop it. I don't know. Yeah, don't know. crazy, it's, isn't it's, it? It's crazy. 
um, that was number two on my list um, for all the reasons we just talked about. Kevin Owens returning to NXT <laughs> um, <laughs> would be a good shout. You know, that's that's the, that's a big moment, and it happened in the last month and a half. So um, would be um, a very good, valid shout um, to uh, uh, to pull through. Um, but I went for something um, different. Um, I went all the way back to um, uh, 27th of June, 2011. Oh. Um, and I went to um, something that, for me, broke the internet. Um, something that we all just couldn't play enough times, couldn't work out, um, and and just uh, basically took a long time for us to work out kind of what was true and what was real and what was not. Um, was Tom Cabana watching this? He was. Because in any other anyone else's hands, this is a microphone, but in CM Punk's hands, this was a pipe bomb. Um it was a promo that came out of nowhere. It was a nothing show. It was a raw that was really next to nothing. CM Punk was leader of the new Nexus, had recently just beaten up Husky Harris. I wonder what happened to him um, uh, because of failures. Um, it was a real weird raw. And then CM Punk ran in, laid out John Cena and sat with a Stone Cold Steve Austin t-shirt, cross-legged on the stage, and started speaking. And the entire wrestling world suddenly leapt into this weird, is this real? It can't be. He's just referenced ROH and New Japan. He's waved to Colt Cabana. This can't be. You know, he's, he's, he's just said that, you know, he'd like to think that WWE would be better if Vince Moran died, but it's going to end up being run by his idiot daughter and his doofus of a son-in-law. Um, it was the promo that changed uh, a lot of stuff. Um, and just the, the amount of, you know, holy shit, was that real? Holy shit, was he allowed to say that? Holy shit, what happened? Um, was just sent shockwaves throughout wrestling um, for the longest time. And, and, you know, still to this day, I think, um, you know, nine and a half years later um, is one of those things that you listen to with, with, with goosebumps and, and just, yeah, just amazed at how deep he went. Yeah. See, my version of this is like a little bit different, not taken away from the promo because the promo was outstanding, but hearing about it, I woke up to a message from you saying have you seen CM Punk's promo on Raw holy shit yeah so I watched Raw and (laughs) (laughs) I remember this story (laughs) and during the show here's a confrontation with Shawn Michaels as new Nexus leader yeah and he's basically just like you know I live straight edge you sort of like used to do drugs you're like false straight edge kind of thing. And I thought, oh, this is all right. You know, quote, unquote, shoot promo. But I don't understand why everyone's getting excited about it. 
So I messaged saying it was it was all right, it was, it was good. And you're like, no, the one at the end of the show. And obviously that's when I found it and then watched it back about, again, this is another one, I probably watched it back about six times in a row straight away. Yeah. Just kept rewinding. Uh, but people were just like, you've already seen it. I was just like, there's, there's so much going on. There's so much information to take in with this. It's, it's, inc- it's incredible. So, um, yeah, I, I, that works. Good shout. And again, you know, it's it's one of those I had to check because that, and, and obviously that leads into the Money in the Bank match, which is my pop and blah, blah, blah. Um, but again, it's just kind of like, was that this year? Um, you know, I do think there was a strong case and I know I kind of skimmed over it at the beginning because of, I didn't want to like give too much away after shocking moment and pop. But, um, you know, the fact that CM Punk had such a hot first four years, um, and still is chanted at WWE shows continually, um, you know, for, for someone who had quite a, 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 a short wrestling run in, in, this decade um really i think there's there's an impact there which which was why he was in consideration for me of um wrestler of the decade no i get that um an honorable mention just in general because it didn't fit into any of our categories um the yes movement yeah it didn't fit into any of the categories but wrestlemania 30 daniel bryan again organically just became this monster, no pun intended, to the promo video, and it was just, yeah, it doesn't fit into anything, but it just needs to be mentioned because I thought that was cool. So there you go. Absolutely, oh. um, that was that was good. That was good, and that brings us to the end of the show. Next week we'll be back with ECW, which you haven't heard is our weekly look into ECW from episode yes. one all the way to four hundred one. So we'll be reviewing that again. It's um, so what we aren't doing, which some things do, is is following this up with a worst of the decade list because, quite simply, there's enough negativity. If you want to find the worst of, go and find someone else to tell you about that. We want we want to shine a light rather than blow out a candle. So uh, this is all about the good stuff and why we keep coming back and loving um, this this bizarre um, grown up soap opera with more violence called professional wrestling yeah that's good so we'll be back with ECW next week please like subscribe we're on everything now if you haven't heard us there is no reason not to hear us Spotify Google everything we're on all of them so wherever you find good podcasts and some shady ones we are there so next like rate, review and subscribe everywhere you find us exactly so um, yeah thank you very much we're back next week Take At care. underscore sports arena on Instagram and Twitter, if you want to get involved in a conversation That's and tell true. us the things that we missed, you can tell my mind's like scrambled after just covering a whole decade. <laughs> Incredible! Oh. And twenty twenty, we're going to be in for a big year. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye.